Hey, Remar Nurses. Guess what? This is Winning Wednesday. You made it here live. Our topic for tonight is polycythemia vera. This is a very, very important topic. I know I may say that a lot, but this specific blood disorder, most nurses have no idea the difference between polycythemia vera, polycythemia on its own, sickle cell anemia, they all play a role together. So I want to focus in on this topic. If you're not familiar with it or you can't explain it very easily right now, this is the class for you. I have also the questions that help us to really determine if we know what we're supposed to know. So this is going to be an amazing Winning Wednesday, but I got to get it started with this major announcement because you guys have been feeling me and you've been requesting me to come to you. So I'm coming to you. My live classes are starting. I am doing my next generation NCLEX reviews right now. I'm going to be the first to do it, period. And so um, if you want to sign up or get if you want to sign up or get more information about my next generation NCLEX reviews, please go to remarnurse.com forward slash live. And what you will be able to do is you see here on my schedule, these are the first two places that I'm bringing the next gen NCLEX review to. September 12th, I'm going to be in LA. All right. Uh, shout out to West Coast. And then I'm going to Hawaii September 19th uh, as well to bring a next generation NCLEX review to the island. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so my next generation NCLEX reviews are going to be for um, the, my nursing students, my Remar nurses, and also educators from the community because truth be told, people don't know what next generation NCLEX is. They really have no idea. So this is an opportunity if you're an educator to come and sit in my class and I'm gonna show you how I will be doing NCLEX reviews moving forward. Very, very different from the way they are done now. I'm just excited to be the first person to do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I am ready to go. I'm ready and I want you to be there. So if you're in LA or if you're in Hawaii, you can, um, you can sign up now again. Also, if you go to remarnurse.com forward slash live, you can tell me where you would like me to go next. Cause I'm also taking requests for new cities. So the LA one for uh, those of you who are in Los Angeles or the surrounding area, I will actually be at the Beverly Hills Library on September 12th. And I have 120 seats that are going to be available for this next generation NCLEX review. Not a lot, I know, but that's all that we could hold. So the sooner you sign up for this, the better. And uh, let me show you the Hawaii. I'm going to be in Honolulu for September the 19th. And so I have a little bit more room there, 250 slots for the nursing students and the educators there. I'll be at the uh, Hawaii Pacific University. And my goal for this class, I'm doing it for free because I honestly want Remar nurses to have the advantage. So it's going to be um, a limited class, limited seating, limited opportunities. So when I come to your city or somewhere close to you, make sure you're there, particularly for next generation, because I'm totally flipping my lecture style. Like I'm totally flipping it. And so even if you aren't taking next generation NCLEX, the clinical applications that I will be going over during the next generation NCLEX review, you will, you will definitely be able to use them if you are taking the current offering of the NCLEX exam. 
but I have to move forward because I have to, again, give my Remar nurses the advantage. There is an advantage for being in our community and having me as the instructor. And that basically is I don't have to wait for somebody else to tell me it's OK to do something. I can do it for you guys early, faster, quicker, better, period. So that's what we're getting into. Again, if you go to the website, remarnurse.com forward slash live, L-I-V-E, you will be able to sign up either for LA or if you want to meet me in Hawaii, I'm saying it's probably going to be very beautiful there. So if you just want to come hang out with me, come to Hawaii, come to that class, and we will be able to get into this, ask me all the questions, all the things that you guys love to do when I'm in the city, we can do it. Okay. Now we are going to transition into our topic for this evening. I'm so excited. I'm just so excited for these live classes. You don't know how, how much I've been missing being a road warrior. So um, I'm planning to also come to um, Canada. I know we'll be in Puerto Rico. We'll be in Jamaica. I'm going to do my Florida circuit. Uh, I'm just thinking about the timing. Uh, Chicago, New York, I will be there. All right. So just as soon as as soon as I say it, get on it, drop it, because the classes will be very limited. Okay. Now, let's talk about this condition, polycythemia vera. Polycythemia vera. It is essentially an overproduction disorder. So here I have my notes. Polycythemia vera. And share this video because this is content for NCLEX. Tag your favorite nursing student. All right. Polycythemia vera is a myeloproliferative disorder. And what that basically means was happening of increased red blood cell production resulting in a high hematocrit and an increased red blood cell mass. Increased red blood cell production causes decreased tissue oxygenation, increased blood viscosity, vascular insufficiency, and a risk for thrombosis, okay? As the disease progresses, some patients may even develop bone marrow fibrosis, splenomegaly, and pansinopenia. Okay, so a lot of terminology, a lot of medical terminology here, but essentially, again, polycythemia vera is a blood disorder. So categorize it with the other ones you know, particularly with polycythemia vera, we're talking about what I just read and increased red blood cell production. And so that is going to essentially make the blood thicker and it is going to put our patient at risk for what? Think about sickle cell anemia. It is similarly running in that vein. So if you don't know polycythemia vera, hold on to your sickle cell anemia nursing mind and as we move on, okay? Um, so we just read that... Um, this patient is at risk for decreased tissue oxygenation. That makes sense. Increased blood viscosity, which means the blood is essentially thicker, dehydration, right? Vascular insufficiency and risk for thrombosis or blood clots. If we talk about um, the pathophysiology of it, I'm trying to do my pictures for my visual learners and my text for my writers. What we are going to see is... Um, just with any other kind of blood disorders, you're gonna have the increased red blood cell count. 
you're going to have increased white blood cell production and also platelet counts. And so when we talk about an increased red blood cell production, it is it is really um, the bone marrow, right? So this is where it's happening in the bone marrow and you have an issue there that is going on. But with uh, polycythemia vera, there is a mutation in what we call JAK2, okay? JAK2. And to make this as simple as possible, <laughs> all right, if you've never heard of JAK2 before, it is stimulated by erythropoietin. You guys remember erythropoietin? You, I know that you do. I know you know erythropoietin. You may not know what produces erythropoietin, though, right? Some of you may be saying, yeah, Regina, but uh, this is a stretch here. You're stretching me. I'm stretching you guys. So um, erythropoietin essentially is produced by the kidneys, and it helps, to, it helps with uh, cell, cellular reproduction, all right? It helps with cellular reproduction. So if I go back to the picture here, the, the JAK2 protein, okay, it is an important role in producing blood cells, right? So the, the JAK2 normally is used to produce additional blood cells. And so it is like a growth hormone for blood cells. Am I making myself clear here? Stay with me, stay with me. So when we talk about this poly, um polycythemia vera, what makes it unique to other bleeding disorders is this JAK2 mutation, okay? The JAK2 mutation makes it polycythemia vera. And the mutation of JAK2, which you can see at the picture at the bottom, you're gonna have a huge overproduction of your red blood cells. And not only that, but they are going to tend, these molecules are gonna tend to group together. This mutation is weird. It, it not only increases the, the blood cell production, but they also lump together, all right? And so when we are talking about polycythemia vera, from a clinical perspective, from a Q's perspective, from a, um, what would I expect laboratory-wise for my patient, I'm gonna have an elevated hemoglobin, absolutely elevated hemoglobin. The elevated hematocrit. The white blood cells can be normal or elevated as well as the platelet count. Sometimes you can see a normal or elevated platelet counts. So when we are trying to you know, distinguish between polycythemia vera or just basic polycythemia, it is going to be the JAK2 mutation that is going to distinguish whether it is um, polycythemia vera. Does anybody know what is the difference between, besides polycythemia, <laughs> besides the JAK2 mutation, if I say polycythemia, what does that mean to you guys? Just the term polycythemia. Because here we're talking about polycythemia vera. So it's kind of like this is a generic term, this polycythemia. Kind of like if you think about diabetes, right? So diabetes is a generic term. And you can have many different types of diabetes. You could have, give me some, give me some types of diabetes that you can have. 
because it's very it's very generic. And one of the mistakes that nursing students make is that they think that diabetes is always related to increased blood sugar, right? Hyperglycemia. And that's not true because you can have diabetes mellitus. You can have gestational diabetes. You can have diabetes insipidus that has nothing to do with your blood sugar at all. And so poly, yes, yep. Yep. So polycythemia is a generic term for somebody with increased red blood cells. It's, it's basically a blood disorder. So you can have many things and it would be considered um, a polycythemia. All right. So when I go back to this chart, I'm saying polycythemia vera is related to a JAK2 mutation that is producing this increased blood cell production, this increased red blood cell production. It's not something else, all right? It's not something else. And so sickle cell anemia, we have a mutation in our red blood cells, but what, what, is, the, what is the mutation? It is that they're sickle-shaped, right? It's not a JAK2 issue, it's their sickle-shaped, sickle so they tend to clump and they don't live as long. But sickle cell anemia would be considered a form of polycythemia. All right. I hope that's making sense to you guys. We're diving in deep. We're diving in deep. All right. Today with the content. And so PV manifestations are going to be dizziness and headache. Patients are going to be prone to blood clots. Uh, they are going to have the puritis, which is the itching skin. And this is because of the um, elevated blood levels of histamine that take place when you have this condition. And so particularly after a hot shower, that a patient will complain that their skin is very, very itchy, itchy, itchy. Bleeding tendencies, and this will be due to an increased red blood cell production in the fibrinogen. And also when you have a lots of red blood cells, your capillaries and veins usually become engorged or enlarged because of the increased blood volume. Epigra epigastric distress, and that's because of the engorgement of really, when you have a lot of blood volume, it's going to affect a lot of different things. And so your gastric mucosa is going to be affected. And well, neuropathy, sometimes patients will have the numbness and burning of the toes as well, because if you're having blood blockages, which is common with clumping red blood cells, you're going to have some peripheral vascular insufficiency. Cardiovascular insufficiency just makes sense because we said that one of the conditions that polycythemia vera causes is your impaired oxygenation to the tissues and also an increased blood vicosity, and that is going to take a toll on your heart, take a toll on your heart. Okay, so as part of Winning Wednesday, one of the things that we try to do is we try to effectively look at a condition the cause of it, the symptoms, the treatment. We do our questions and we move on. This is a, essentially a packed power study session. So if this is your first time joining and you like what we do here, please subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow our Facebook page, okay? Because we are moving on to our treatment modalities. Treatment modalities. How are we going to treat polycythemia vera and Essentially, I like to break it down to the major NCLEX, okay, the major NCLEX point, and then 
lesser drug therapies. Pharmacology is important, but not when it comes to specialties. So for your NCLEX exam, the therapeutic, the therapeutic treatment is phlebotomy. What does phlebotomy mean? Come on, nursing students, don't be shy. We are here, we are together. And um, it is important for us to be able to relate to each other, comment, share as a community, all right? One of the real reasons why I want you guys to show up to my lives, to my classes, to my um, anything that I put out is because the more frequently you do something, the better at it you get. And so I am trying to get you to recall very important nursing terms. What is phlebotomy? All right. What you do most is what you do best. And so that is why it's important for me to constantly be in your faces saying this is what's important for your nursing exam. So phlebotomy, when we talk about phlebotomy, phlebotomy is going to be the treatment of choice for polycythemia vera. And what we're doing is a phlebotomist comes to what? Remove blood. <laughs> so um, usually every week a patient will be relieved of about 500 milliliters of blood. And so that is going to be done until the hematocrit and the hemoglobin fall into a necessary range. And listen, patients who get this treatment, they know what time it is. We are coming, you talk about nursing vampires, we are actually coming to remove a patient's blood. Now, our nursing considerations is that phlebotomy is great, however, what kind of condition will we put our patient in? What kind of condition will we put our patient in if we are removing hematocrit and hemoglobin from our patient? Don't say, I don't want to hear hypovolemia because no, it's not that. I mean, it could be that, but that's not the NCLEX best answer. There is another Thing that's going to happen to our patient, and I'm doing this because I can't think of the word. There's another situation that we are going to be creating while we're trying to do phlebotomy. And really, that's what my next generation, or I should say next gen, that's what my next gen classes are going to be focused on. I'm good with you guys knowing the definitions of things. I want that. I expect that. But if you don't learn in nursing school the real considerations or the real priorities of what we do, then I need you to be in my classes so that you can have that knowledge to be empowered. And it's basically knowledge is your advantage. So I kind of have it here if you didn't figure it out. When we talk about phlebotomy, when we talk about removing blood from a patient, hematocrit and hemoglobin, it can be problematic because we are essentially going to be creating an iron deficient condition for our patient, right? And so iron deficient, iron deficiency is going to be the result of intentional phlebotomy, intentional phlebotomy. And so that is one of the considerations. If your patient is already iron deficient, phlebotomy is not going to help them. Okay. Uh, and then also if your patient has difficulty uh, with their venous access, be, we can't get to the blood, then that is also something that would be a contraindication of a phlebotomy treatment. And in that case, I am not sure. I don't have a specific 
uh, alternative to this phlebotomy other than uh, some medications that I'll be going over. So it's like, okay, if your patient can't handle the phlebotomy because of iron deficiency, difficulty in blood extraction, or poor venous access, then we are going to be looking to the next side of the page, which is the drug therapy. And so uh, what we have here, uh, we have three medications, hydroxyurea, and a grinlined, and then aspirin. And the hydroxyurea is, um, it's actually a chemo, it's a cancer medication. And this cancer medication is typically used with leukemia, but it is used because it will help slow down the production of the, the blood cells, right? And so it's used with cancer because you're trying to decrease the cancer cells from growing. And so this can also be used to help with that JAK2 mutation and stop the production of the red blood cells. Not saying it's the best, but I'm saying that it is what it is. That's what, you know, that's what's currently being used. The um, anagrylide is used also, but not in the same way. It doesn't stop the, the cellular reproduction, but what it is is a blood thinner. So this may or may not be a blood thinner that you knew before, but it is used to help thin out the blood, which is going to help a patient with any kind of polycythemia. And then, woo, if you don't know aspirin, if you don't know what aspirin is or how it's gonna be used in this condition, guess what? That's okay, because you're in the right place. This is a place for nurses at all levels. And so aspirin is also an antiplatelet medication that we give in many different cardiac or ble bleeding disorders, right? And so particularly, we give a low-dose aspirin to prevent a patient from having a blood clot. So aspirin therapy is seen in, you can, you can see aspirin therapy in, um, Pregnancy, you can see aspirin therapy given for patients who've had a stroke or a heart attack. And most of the time, when a patient is put on low-dose aspirin, they have to take it forever. So it's more of a, we, we would say that it is uh, more of a preventative uh, medication than a solution to something. All right. Hope that makes sense. We are moving on and I'm going to roll, 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 roll into are NCLEX questions. So here we go. We talked about this. Let's do it. And this is a public service announcement. Before you do NCLEX questions, always study the content, always study the subject first so you don't miss anything. Like we went over the, the situation, the signs and symptoms, the cause, the treatment, and now here's the question. Question number one, along with elevated hematocrit hemoglobin, white blood cell and platelet count to confirm the diagnosis of polycythemia vera. It also includes, is it number one, a high red blood cell mass, two, Janus kinase two mutation, three, chronic leukemia, or four, splenomegaly. I wanna see those answers on the screen and if you are just joining me, you got to go back and watch the content. And you guys see here, 
Um, you are putting the answers on the screen because you know it, you heard it here. But imagine if we hadn't studied polycythemia vera in depth, this answer would be mad hard for you, really. But most of you do have it correct. And it is, ta-da, it is the JAK2 mutation. This is specifically associated with polycythemia vera. It is how we know that this is a primary condition and not caused by something else. So just remember that in mind, nursing students, as you move forward and tell your teacher that you learned it here at Remar. Here we go. Question number two, increased blood viscosity secondary to polycythemia vera causes impaired tissue oxygenation, which can lead to, number one, curitis. Two, abdominal distress. Three, cardiovascular insufficiency. Four, bleeding tendency. Come on in and put that answer on the screen. I missed a letter in insufficiency, but you guys know what I mean here, all right? Bleeding tendencies, cardiovascular insufficiency, abdominal distress, puritis. What are we gonna expect to see with polycythemia vera due to, this is important, due to the increased blood viscosity, that is going to be pow. Let me try it again. That's gonna be pow, number three, cardiovascular insufficiency. Yay! Yes, 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 yes. How many times did I say it? Yes, when that blood flow is thick, it is going to lead to all types of issues. DVTs is going to lead to um, impaired tissue oxygenation, sluggish blood flow. Oh my goodness. That's going to affect the heart significantly. You guys are doing really, really good tonight. Really good on really good on understanding and keeping up with this subject. It's not an easy one at all, but you're doing really well. Okay. Um, the difference between polycythemia, um, the difference between polycythemia and polycythemia vera is, is it number one? White blood cell count is more than 30,000 MCLs. Okay, per MCL, sorry. Two, absence of JAK2 mutation. Three, platelet count is strikingly elevated. Or four, hematocrit is not always elevated. What is the difference between polycythemia and or polycythemia vera? Okay, okay, okay. The correct answer, once again, is going to be the absence of the JAK2 mutation, okay? Polycythemia, or another word for polycythemia, guys, is erythrocytosis. This is going to be um, an absence of the JAK2 mutation. It won't even be mentioned. You won't even see it there. Cool. Question number four, the nurse is preparing the client with polycythemia vera to undergo therapeutic phlebotomy. It is important to instruct the client to avoid, it is important, okay, um, is going to be number one, hydration, two, iron supplement, three, use of aspirin, or four, sinocobalamin uh, supplements. There we go. Okay. All right, all right, all right. This is interesting. Ah, mm. I don't know if you guys will pick this one out. All right. So, mm, 
So the correct answer, ah, <laughs> I hope you guys get the one. All right, I might have to explain this one. So the correct answer is going to be, um, it is going to be number four, okay? And the reason, I'm sorry, not number four. Number four, the correct answer is number two. The reason why we don't want our patient taking an iron supplement is because why, all right? Because one of the goals of the phlebotomy for polycythemia vera is to bring the hematocrit and bring the hemoglobin down. That is going to help the patient. And so if they're taking an iron supplement, that's going to be in boosting and um, elevating the hematocrit and hemoglobin. We don't want that, right? Remember I said one of the intended side effects of the phlebotomy is going to be iron deficiency anemia. So in this case, it's where the the benefits outweigh the risks. So in this case, the iron deficiency anemia is better than the polycythemia vera, okay? That's why number two is the right answer here. I'm moving on, I gotta go. Question number five is this, the client is on myelosuppressive therapy of hydroxyurea, however, admits that they're not able to tolerate it. They're not being able to tolerate it, okay? What is the second recommended drug of choice? Okay, guys, here it is. Is it going to be aspirin? Is it going to be Jacophy? Is it going to be anagrelide or allopurinol? What do you guys say? Hey, what is it going to be? Okay, so the client was on a myelosuppressive therapy. I talked about hydroxyurea and how it was used to um, slow down. Oh, maybe I'm giving away too much. Mm. Let me just give the answer right now. Okay, the correct answer is going to be the um, anagrylide. And remember, the hydroxyurea, which is what I was going to say, was the cancer medication that stops the production of the blood cells, right? But if a patient is not tolerating that well, then they're going to go for the aggressive blood thinner and polycythemia vera, which was the anagrenolide. And then if that doesn't work, or if there's in a conjunction, then later on, they would use aspirin. Okay. So did you get that one right? How did you guys do today? That was the fifth and final question. This was a flash review on polycythemia vera. But I bet if you watch this entire episode, you will be able to get every question right on your NCLEX exam about this topic. And that is the whole goal for me. Did you know that you can also text me? Okay, you guys can text me directly. If you text the word NCLEX to me, all right, text the word NCLEX to 855-696-0132. Oh, there it is. If you text that word to me, then you are able to um, then you are able to talk to me directly about everything that you have concerning NCLEX, and we're able to help you troubleshoot what products or what is going to be best for you. Okay, this is a very personal journey. You getting your nursing license, and it is always nice to have somebody there with you during it. But I need you to know that what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it in nursing, period, okay? 
And so during the time that you're studying, during the time that you're having a mindset to study, let me help you. Let me make sure that you're staying on track and that you have what you need to be successful for your nursing license, okay? All right, guys, so I'm expecting to hear from you guys. Again, um, it is 855-696-0132. And if you text the word NCLEX to me, then that will get our conversation started. I am... I am really excited for the live classes. Again, they are coming soon. Let me see if I can um, let me see if I can get you guys the the website that I wanted you to go to, which was remarnurse.com forward slash live, remarnurse.com forward slash live. And there you can suggest cities that you want me to come to. Um, and we're gonna try to prioritize the the number of responses that we get. So right now I'll be in LA September 12th. And then I'm going to uh, Honolulu from there. And I will be there on September 19th. This will be a Monday evening, Monday evening. So I'm giving you guys time if you're a nursing student to go to school and you will be spending that evening with me. Um, again, I will be at the Bever Beverly Hills Public Library in Beverly Hills, September 12th. I have about 120 slots. This is a free class for nursing students and instructors. And then I will be at Hawaii Pacific, Pacific University. Pacific University. And that is um, 250 slots for September the 19th, the following week. So we will make this thing happen. I'm going to bring next generation to every possible person I can. Those of you that want to tap in to Remar, this is the time now. Even if you are not taking next generation NCLEX and you will have your nursing license way before next generation drops, still come to the class because I'm going to be going over some clinical um, judgment things that will help you on this current NCLEX offering. All right. So I will see you guys later. You can, you will, and you must pass NCLEX. You guys can do it. I'm so looking forward to your testimonial. Who's next?